Sorry, that is really bright for those of you who are just listening to the um, podcast. I have yet to figure out how to use the program that allows me to have background. So um, I tried to do it today like three times. And if you are a subscriber, have been part of the first 50 subscribers for the private viewing list, you will see that I had like three videos that just were not working. So um, let's start over. Today, we are going over um, more competition uh, um, discussions. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about sports or dance as a sport and comparing it to other sports like baseball and basketball. But I want to talk a lot about like coaching and coaches and how they coach. So, um, first of all, um, this in this last I had a competition a couple weeks ago. If you want to hear the full story about how I lost and how that competition went, there is a podcast called Competitive Spirit and I go over the whole thing in detail, but there's some things that I didn't discuss. And over the past week I did have one lesson and I didn't do my podcast. I usually do it right after the lesson, but um, I ha- I was too busy. So I've been thinking over the past couple of days why I lost, really studying my video and um, trying to understand what I'm doing wrong. Well, there's a few different reasons, um, not just that I had a um, flawed mask, but um, Mambo versus salsa is one of the main big reasons. So my um, teacher, Wesley, always um, goes over salsa with me, but we go over salsa as mambo, mambo as salsa, and we don't really separate the two in my lessons, but I've had coachings with um, a higher level coach who... um, is 
knows more about salsa history and the dance. And um, he's always telling me that um, salsa <laughs> is faster than mambo, but uh, mambo is more technical and more stylish. So um, it's better to learn slower to be better faster when you're going faster. Uh, he's telling me that for all my dances, not just salsa, and that's one of the tips that they'll tell you. Um, in dance class, I should probably shouldn't tell you that. You have to pay for it like I do. <laughs> no, but um, so it's one of the lessons that I've been really struggling <laughs> to deal with because as a Mexican, my feet are really fast. I mean, they're like... They just, I run, I was a runner, I was on volleyball, you have to be quick on your feet, you know, and um, those are the kind of sports that I like, my father was a soccer player, and my mom was a volleyball player, these are the sports that we're good at, and my parents are very athletic, so I have somewhat of an athletic build, right now I have more of a it's a little bit softer, like a dancer's body, but just a little bit softer, not too thin, but not overly muscular either. So, um, if I, for competitions, I probably, I probably should be in, um, I should probably be more toned, I suppose. But, um, what, how I compute the divisions I'm in are over 40 and um, pro-am. So uh, there's a lot dependent on my teacher. <laughs> and he gets really nervous. But um, so that's one of the other things that I was going to say is that um, is nerves. So there's the difference between mambo and salsa, right? In this particular competition, um, you can tell the difference, and this has something to do with the nervousness, but you can tell the difference between how a person is trained. And um, if you get to a point where nobody can tell how you were trained first, what you're better at, and you can um, kind of fool people that you're just the greatest dancer, um, then, uh, then you, you're really doing well. But at this stage, you can tell where people's trainings come from. And, um, so I've been, I've taken lessons with my competition in the inside competition is what I call it. When you don't necessarily get along with the competitor in your studio. Normally, it would be called like team. Your your team, whichever one of you wins, as long as one of you wins, or if you all win, then you're doing it as a team, you're doing it for the team, for the studio. But in this particular case, maybe it's just me, I don't know, but I'll talk about oh, how that kind of is partly why I didn't I didn't succeed in this competition, but there's more to it. There's 
it's like everything all put together. And in Mambo versus Salsa, um, when I, I, after I didn't make the second round, I wasn't watching her. And um, so when I didn't make the second round, I was studying my video. She wasn't in it. I, my mom just took a video of me. And I was just studying, oh, that's why I lost. Oh, that's why it looked terrible. I, that's where we messed up and all of that stuff. And they were yelling at me, look at her, watch them, watch them, watch them. It was a really dramatic moment. And I just took a peek up at what they were doing. And I noticed something about, I noticed a couple of things about her salsa. I could really, really tell that she was trained in mambo. Her holds are really strong. One, two, hold, one, two, hold. And um, that's not how you count, but <laughs> the holds are really long and strong. <clears throat> and um, my, I don't do that. I'm very quick, I kick. So, and the reason I kick more than I hold there's holds, you know, I got the timing, but they're just not so strong because um, I was trained in cumbias. So I'm Mexican and cumbia was probably one of the first Latin dances I ever learned. Selena being the hottest ticket in town. And um, that's where it all started for me. But then I learned salsa and, and it's kind of, kind of all feels the same at you know, when you're first starting, but, um, so you can see the difference in how we dance and you can tell how somebody was trained. And I know her teacher and he's a very technical, he concentrates on technique. Well, Wesley concentrates on all things. He wants, he'll, he'll be like from toes to the split ends in your hair. He wants you to be a hundred percent. Um, so it's a difference in teaching styles, but, um, I just noticed that. And then also there was the problem that in the second round that I was not in the salsa song was not a traditional salsa song. So she, when I looked at her, I noticed that she had stolen one of my recovery moves. Okay. And recovery <laughs> that I always do I haven't been doing recently because I haven't really needed to. But I have a lot of recovery moves, things that I do just in case I mess up. And I saw them. I was like, hey, look, look she took that for me. Oh, my God. And what, what that means is that she was messing up a lot, which is why they only got eighth place. But um, so um, recovery, Wesley was telling me before the competition I was talking to him hey you know she's recovering a lot and he says you're not in before the competition I told him um he was very very nervous and I was not I don't get nervous for competitions really that much it doesn't um, I'll talk about that in a minute um but he was really nervous. And I go, we've been dancing in the studio. It's in the studio. There's only two of us as competitors. And yeah, there's cameras, but we can't see anybody behind them. 
who's watching. So it wasn't really nerve-wracking for me, but he was nervous. And because teachers have to be perfect. Forget the students. The teachers have to be on point, <laughs> okay, because they're the teachers. But um, so <laughs> um, I forgot what I was talking about, but he was nervous, and I was a little bit distracted. So I go, oh, just whatever. Um, I'll just recover. Whatever you do, if we mess up, I'll just, we'll just need to work on recovery, make sure that we get right back in there so that nobody noticed. Hopefully they're not looking, you know. <laughs> and he goes, Suchi, you're not supposed to recover. Forget recovering. Forget everything. Forget your hair. For, forget your bracelets. Forget everything. Forget your hangnail. He was just like, forget everything. Everything. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. And this is what causes nerve nervousness. Nothing matters. And there's no room for recovery. You have to be perfect on point. Everything has to be right. And I was like, are you on something? <laughs> because <laughs> neither of us are, um, he's won very, some very prestigious awards, world competitions. And, um, but in ballroom as as a pro-am teacher, I happen to know from his other students that neither of us are really, you know, we both have a reputation for kind of messing up and in the middle of a performance for ballroom. We all, we both have, have that sort of reputation. And um, for me, uh, I it's performing. Um, I am like a born performer. I'm just a ham. I've always loved being in front of people, but um, like a choreographed or or something where you're performing in the studio. A lot of times, we're just like two feet in front of the audience. They're literally right in front of us. And that's more nerve-wracking because even if the lights are down, they don't know anything. They don't know as much as like a judge or a coach, right? So they're nitpicking you. They're judging you. They are looking at your hair and your eyebrows are off or, or they either like your makeup or they don't like your makeup or your shirt is rolling up in the back or one of your pant legs are stuck in your shoe or your shoelace is coming undone or they just notice these little things. And that's more nerve wracking for me. It makes me more self-conscious because I know that's going on. I worry about those little things. Whereas being in a world competition, I know what the judges are looking for. They're judging me based on the things that I have been working on for the past couple months. So those are the things that have to be perfect. And my, if my shirt falls off or my pants fall down, then so be it. Just take them off and keep going. That's what you're, that's the recovery that I'm used to, you know, <laughs> and wardrobe malfunction, hopefully not. But so I don't get nervous for these things. And 
that little conversation between me and Wes was like, oh my God, no, no wonder you're such a nervous wreck. It's not that big of a deal. But, um, so we were dancing and in the middle of the bachata, I talked about this in the last one too, but he messed up in the bachata and I go, where's your recovery, dude? I had to recover and I was like he told me not to in my mind I'm trying to find it and I already like let it go so it was just like a really bad you could see where it happens in the video um so <laughs> um oh my video stopped hey get back in there well let's see if it it comes back on I don't know how to pause this thing Let's see. If you stop it, is it stop? Okay. Video back on. Um, so I was noticing that, and then I'm going. I'm going through this backwards, and I, because of my video issues, my my podcast is now all backwards. So backwards, way backwards. Before the competition, I was showed up an hour early. We're going to go all the way backwards to the very, very beginning. I showed up an hour early. Uh, and <laughs> and I just wanted to practice. I had a lesson before, so we went through everything. He wanted me to be sweaty and ready to go. And I go, but I need to be, like, fresh. And if I'm already sweaty and tired, I don't know that this is going to work for me. He was like, no, no, yes, that's how you do it. And I go, well, okay, let's try it. If you say so, you know, uh, but in the back of my mind, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to be like totally tired. <laughs> um, so I get there now early and then the other girl comes in because I guess she was on a break. She had been there for 40 dances. I'm only in three. She took a break and she came in just as I showed up for my lesson. So now she can see everything that I'm going to do and everything that I'm capable of. But I could see her too. Only I decide not to watch her so I can focus. And that was my mistake is staying focused. And I took some glimpses and I go, I can't. I think we can do this. I think we could do this. Just in these three dances, I think we could do this. And um, she possibly felt the same way, but um, she was um, not really worried about me. And I was kind of worried, oh, what if my knee goes out or something? Whatever. What if I don't get down far enough? My biggest mistake in my pot turn is that I don't go all the way down sometimes. And I think it looks great standing, but Wesley doesn't like it. He likes it on the floor. So if you don't know what a pot turn is, go look it up. There's very few videos on it, but you'll be able to find something. So, um, yes, pot turn like this, <laughs> like you're stirring the pot. So, um, anyways, she could see what I was capable of, so she knew. She knew, and I was, like, trying to figure it out. But honestly, if Wes knew um, 
Wes knew because he kept trying to tell me, hey, if you don't improve, this girl's going to beat you. And I go, what do you mean? I am practicing every day. I don't know what else I can do. And he was just like, well, I go, listen, just stop telling me about it. Don't tell me about it, okay? Let me know when you think I can win. And he never let me know. I sort of forgot about the comment, but I just realized he never told me. He never said, we can do this. So every time I was really excited, I said, I think we can do this. We could do this. His face got dead. His face just went dead. Like, And <laughs> I don't know what that, at that time. I didn't know what that meant, but apparently that means, no, we're not. Um, so... All I could do at that point was try. He was trying to tell me, and I was not listening. But if he really felt strongly that I wasn't going to win, then they probably should have advised me not to enter. Um, I don't know. Whatever. I wanted to go. I think it was good practice for my next upcoming competition. I just have learned a lot from this one thing. And one of those things is distractions. So one, I was distracted because I thought she knew what I was capable of. And it wasn't like a surprise on the dance floor. She was working through her emotions in the practice hour. And um, another thing is, is that when you have a hard time getting along with your competition, there's a tactic that is used. It's it's like, who's going to distract the other one first. And I was trying to stay away from her, just trying to focus. I was so deep in my focus. She came up to me to be really, really nice and tell me, like, I hope you do really well. You look good out there, whatever. And I was just like, you know, (laughs) like, I know what you're doing, but it does that to you if you're not the one in that place and in doing that first if you don't do that first they're gonna get to you and that's that's one way to distract or try to and it and this one it worked because there were so many other factors that were like breaking my confidence um but it wasn't my confidence the reason why I lost it was just that I couldn't breathe I couldn't breathe and I couldn't recover from it and I should have just taken my mask off. But what I noticed were some things about coaching. So this is where I get into sports. I didn't, I've been in volleyball. I tried out for softball. I didn't make the team. I tried out for soccer. I didn't make the team. And so I always thought, oh, just I have this athletic bill. They can't do anything with it because they won't put me on the team. So what can I do? Well, I'm a really good dancer, so I should take up dance class. I'm really good at martial arts, so I should take karate. You know, anything with choreography or remembering moves was good for me. And um, so that's what I grew up doing. But when I started going through some um, like mental health issues in my 30s. I didn't know where life was headed. I was just kind of lost. 
I couldn't get a job and it's not that I, well, I had it. It's like I would get interviews, but I wasn't showing up to the interviews because I was just um, probably, I don't want to say depression, but I just was not in a good place. So I would cancel a lot. And um, I don't know, but it was just in a really bad place for like maybe a five or six year period. And during that time, um, my mom was like, well, you know, but you should think about watching sports, maybe building, maybe it'll help you build your confidence and, um, and you can, you know, maybe make some friends and maybe take, you know, take it on as a hobby and get some exercise in. And I go, I don't know, I don't want to play baseball, basketball, whatever. She goes, well, I got these season tickets. So we had season tickets, we had baseball tickets, we had basketball tickets. And um, she goes, why don't you go go to me? Your brother, my brother had just gone off to college. So the tickets were just, you know, me and my mom. So we went. For a couple years, we used season tickets, and we were at every game, basketball games, and when there was a Giants game, we would go to it. Um, if there's a Giants game where they were playing the Dodgers, I should say, we are big Giants and Dodgers fans. Needless to say, there's a lot of family dysfunction. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, but we we love going to the games. And um, one of my favorite things about baseball was not actually watching the game, but more just that I get away with eating peanuts and making a mess and not getting in trouble for it. Being Sitting next to my mom, be able to just drop peanut shells on the floor is like so satisfying to me. I don't know how to tell you, but just not getting yelled at for making a mess is... And, and I'm not a teenager, okay? I'm an adult woman, adult person. And I still feel that way around my mom. But anyway, that's what I love about baseball, the relaxing aspect of it. Um, but I do love the teams as well. And, and we watch it sometimes. But... Um, Basketball is much, much more exciting. So uh, when you go to basketball, you're just a little, you're not really making a mess. You're more worried about whether or not you're going to have your purse at the end of the night. So, and we go to a really nice stadium, but we're here in Sacramento area. So our team is the Kings. And... Don't boo me yet, okay? I love, so there was a time we were going to the Kings games, but I was trying to decide who I liked best, who my favorite team was. When I was little, I liked the Lakers because of Kobe and um, all the guys. But then um, the Kings were doing really well in the 90s too. So I I kind of liked Bibby. And so 
in my 30s was like well who do I like now you know and I was going to all the games watching all the players and I just kind of fell in love with the idea of cheering for the underdog because at the time I was an underdog uh probably still can be considered so right now (laughs) I haven't really won any huge competitions yet but so following the underdog being a fan of the underdog is like um if you don't know a lot of dancers probably listening that don't really like sports and probably bored with me at this point but it's all about being more excited when there's a win and when they lose not being so devastated you know like we know it's gonna happen but when they win oh my god it's like a big deal and there's time time to celebrate you know um in the early 2000s I was a fan of the Warriors and they won a lot and I was like oh they're just what got to the point where they were just gonna win all the time it wasn't fun for me anymore I just you went and you already know it's gonna happen some people like that I guess but I just really liked getting so excited at the games when there was a win and having that sort of superstition that I was part of it because I was there because it always happened when I was there and so that those things are the reason why and what does that have to do with dancing well my point is is that there's a coaching difference so the Giants and the Dodgers are both really good teams, right? And they have great coaches. But the Kings have been struggling with a coach for a long time. I mean, they haven't won in like 50 years, but just in the past 10 years, they've been through so many coaches. And um, <laughs> let me get a drink here. So the coaching is really, really important. And what has always bugged me, let me get through this as fast as possible. Um, Not getting into too many details. I'll go over sports coaching and, and the right kind of coach for you and all that kind of stuff. We'll have a conversation, a discussion about it because... Um, I know a lot of these are just my opinions, but leaving it open for you to decide for yourself as well. Um, the the coaching for the Kings, when you consider that some of the new team members on the new team right now started out when they were 17, 16 years old. They were just little kids coming into a game with like people over 30 and then those people who were 30 who were supposedly going to be there for them, showing them the ropes, were um, booted, went to another team. And so when they went to the other team, there was a lot of injuries, in which case it's probably better that they weren't on our team. But um, what happened in the first couple of years with our young team is that there were a lot of injuries because the coaches were really taking advantage of their youth and 
um, that they were so good that when they needed a break, they weren't given a break. And it was upsetting me as a fan and in the audience going, you know, a week is not going to break us. If they can come back in a week a lot stronger with just some rest, give them some rest, you know. That's how I feel about it. I don't coach basketball. I don't play basketball, okay? But these are my opinions. And when I listen to the commentators, the people after the game, there's this woman. I'm not naming names. You can watch a King game, okay? But there's a woman, um, and she's a former basketball player women's pro basketball and when I listen to her speak about the team in the game I think there's I am not the only one who feels this way but it's always like really bugged me that she's not coach I think at this point we're so used to her in that position as commentator but or I don't know that that's what they call it but after the game she talks about it and um it bugs me because I feel like her type of communication, her experience with the game and her being a mother. And um, I, I think what I notice is that she's much more of a people's person, very um, sort of intuitive and talks about basketball intelligence a lot. Like I think, in her own game, she carried a lot of ingenuity, just did what she had to to make it her game. And that's kind of what you have to do in sports is figure out any competitive sport. All sports are competitive, but, you know, when you're really in the playoffs or whatever, you have to figure out how to make the game your own right so it's not just about knowing the other players and how they play and basketball is so physical in physical things you can only do it for so many hours but you can be watching those videos the rest of the day and that's a big job for a teenager so understanding that people need balance in their lives to be better and seeing how you can make the see the commonalities and what they do in their personal lives and their profession, trying to work with that is, I guess, key. And then being really involved emotionally. We had a couple coaches that didn't want to baby the team that didn't want to treat them to put, you know, quote unquote, like kindergartners. This isn't kindergarten. You know, we're not raising you as a child. You need to grow up. And this is professional basketball. Some people agreed with that, that you can't baby the player. And, you know, you got to listen to these hard, harsh comments and not take them to heart. But it's hard to do. It's hard to do. People forget what it's like to be young but it does take a tough mentality and I don't think that tough mentality means taking abuse from the public so the mistake would be is just 
watching and listening to it, reading it all the time. But um, as those, that's what I, <laughs> I'm not a coach, but if I were a coach, you know, and I think that it's so emotional when Wesley had the conversation with me. I went back to my lesson last week, one lesson last week, because they've been really busy. Um, and then when I noticed from my world competition, so there should be a lot more women coaches for a couple different reasons, but Wesley's very feminine and in tune with that side of himself is um side and his emotional side his spiritual side he's he's very intuitive like that and um he senses it in you even if you're not expressing it so that's a skill that's a coaching skill that I've never had before. I'm used to the really tough coaches who just, you know, stop crying just because you got a skid knee, get, get back up and get in there, put a bandaid on it, you know, and he's very different. He uh, wants to talk. So I go in for less than I go into dance and I'm like, no, Wesley, it's okay. I'm over it. I'm good. I'm good. And he said, and he's like, okay, but I just want to talk to you. I know it's probably really disappointing. There's a lot that we have to go over and think about and make sure you're okay. And it can be really emotional. I know how upsetting it can be to lose. And, and I was like, I'm fine, really. I've learned, not only am I not nervous in competition, but I've learned how to get over it faster. The world competitions are a little bit harder took me like two months to get over the loss. But I went in there knowing I wasn't going to win. So why do I do it? Oh, God, there's so many reasons. But um, so he's right. You do have to be in tune with yourself emotionally because it, during competition time, it could come, it could come to you. It could be what's distracting you. And it's really important to be open and honest about it but we don't have time it's like we don't have time for that there's another one coming up and we need to be prepared and ready and um oh my god my video is stuck again I'm sorry but so um in sports I think there should be more female coaches because just in dancing the Majority of competitions in general around the world that are weekly, every week there's a new competition online. You can find it somewhere. Somewhere in the world there's a competition. So baseball, basketball, football have seasons and there's part, there's a time during that season where they are competing. But in dancing, Things like dancing, the competition is literally there every week. And you could enter as many as you want, as long as you're prepared for it. Um, so <sighs> the majority of the coaches 
in uh, those competitions are women. And I think that it's a shame to see in sports like baseball, basketball, that, that there aren't as many female coaches who are clearly so much, so much better at it and have more experience around the board and have a bigger community of, of um, the, the real, like females are emotional. Okay. We go through so much. Let's, let's not just talk about our periods. Okay. But besides just that alone, dealing with that. Um, there's so much more that we deal with mentally. I mean, if you have a household of seven boys, who's there taking care of them and making sure that everything's getting done and they're getting their grades and they're going to their sports and, and they have all their dentist checks and their doctor's appointments and it's the mom in most families today. It's still the mom and we just are built and meant for these types of things. So if a man is not necessarily, is not really in tune with that side of himself as a coach, I would imagine that there's, um, not going to be, um, as many wins. That's a personal opinion. So let's all go home and discuss about whether or not that's true. And write down your pros and your cons. Comment me about this, your opinions on this issue. But in sports, I think that, or dancing is a sport. So if you consider dance to be a sport, and it is, um, majority of coaches being women and um, there's a lot of little leagues but there are so many more dance teams in this in this world believe it or not than there are sports teams and um, it's just a bigger community and I think that you reckon that you realize and so I'm really thankful to have Wesley. There's other female teachers in there, but Wesley is a coach having, so I don't know how many of his, how many wins his uh, students have had, but I do know that most of his students are the students that enter have the courage to enter the bigger competitions and continue to go forward with more in the future for the sake of getting as good as Wesley, you know, the hopes and, you know, everything is there. So, like I said, he's there to encourage me, not discourage me. And with all that encouragement, you just feel like you can do anything. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you pretty much know what you're getting into. So as an adult, 40 plus, you understand, I think as a teenager, I'd be more disappointed, but you, at this age, you understand, okay, if I lose 
it's my own fault. I'm putting myself through this, you know, and I never hold it against my coach, but, um, <laughs> in, uh, they do play a large part. And that's all I wanted to talk about today was that women should be coaches, um, how to get over distractions, certain distracting tactics that people do and they don't even know it. Um, don't let it get to you. And if you're mambo versus salsa, figure out how you were trained and what you need to be more well-versed in. If you're in one of those Latin dances that has different forms for the same style and um, all of those things. So I will talk more about how I lost. There's so many different things that I've learned through these competitions. I want to give you guys all the information so that you can learn from my mistakes. Oh my God, I hope you're not going against me. But also, so you can be better competitors. I am not a teacher. I just want to say I'm not a dance teacher. I'm not a dance instructor. I'm not licensed to teach or coach. But I've been through some of these things. And um, I just am talking about my experiences and, and hoping that I can help anyone who... Um, is in sports, any kind of sports, but mainly dancing. And in the next episode, we will go over um, another aspect of what can keep you from winning a dance competition more specifically. We could go over other sports, but I don't know as much about that issue in other sports. So... already but um make sure to follow us on instagram and facebook and i will see you next time on the babble real podcast love you guys see you